This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's going on, everybody? This is the Backpacking Podcast. As always with me today is my overly exuberant pal and friend, Mr. Jeremiah Stringer, the man whose beard gets more impressive by the week. I don't know how I do it. Sometimes I just don't shave. I'll tell you, man, that thing is getting some some volume. I keep trying to measure it with like, you know how, in, in you know, from knuckle to knuckle on your fingers about an inch? Mm-hmm. I think... According to my knuckles, it's about four inches long now. So that's approximately eight months well, worth of growth. Is that eight months? Isn't that ridiculous? You would think it would be like down to my knees. I thought it was like three. Three, yeah. I wish. Actually, I don't wish, you know? Yeah. Because when I trim it, you have to trim it every week. Yeah. 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 You're growing yours too, though. Yeah, I, I like to have it in the summer. I, I know it sounds weird. People think you'd want it in the wintertime. I like it in the summer, actually. It, uh, that is weird, dude. It keeps the bugs off the front of my neck. Ah, I know it sounds silly, but it, it does work. It's the ultimate hack. It, it is a hack. It is the beard hack. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what do we have on the docket today to talk about? Well, Jeremiah, there are some things. <laughs> that just sounded really dumb saying that like that. <laughs> um, well, Jeremiah, there are some things that that are uh, are very controversial to some backpackers, including guys that we're friends with. Yes, especially people that I'm friends with. That we, we probably ought to talk about those things today and and unpack for the world. Um, one of those things is whether or not you should use deodorant when you're on the trail. Mm. What do you think about that, Jeremiah? I have a specific friend in mind, and this specific friend thinks that I should be using deodorant every single time I go to the trail. And I do. But only the morning that I get up to leave for the trail. I'm the same way. I, I know who you're talking about, too. You're talking about Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. Yes, that is correct. Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, is under the impression that... I don't, I don't know if he thinks that I'm being a nuisance with my stank. Because, you know, if you bring deodorant, it takes, in my opinion, longer before you start to stink on trail. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. You stink anyway, regardless, whenever right. you're backpacking. But... I would say if you're not sweating a whole lot, maybe it's like colder weather. Maybe um, deodorant would help a little bit, but I don't want to carry the weight because, as we know, weight is a big deal with backpacking because you have to carry everything you're taking with you, everything. Your life is on your back. Except water. Like, water's the only thing that you don't have to carry because you can get, you can replenish it along the way. As long as there are places to replenish it. Otherwise, you True. are carrying it on your back. True. Like uh, if you're out in the desert or something like that. Exactly right. So, but water's the only thing that you can kind of resupply. Right. So if I'm carrying deodorant, that's either weight I didn't have to carry, or it's weight that if I substitute it out for something else, then I'm carrying the same amount of weight that I would have been carrying, but I have a different luxury item. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're all about the deodorant and you want to smell good, that's fine. And I actually, I may have talked about this before, but the clean ones, whenever I was doing my through hike on the long trail, they did not wear the same pair of clothes a single day on the entire through hike. 
What? Not, I swear. And I remember I How met How is that them. possible? I don't know. It was like two and a half Did weeks. they have like three? tailors that would like meet them at different spots and give them new clothes? Or? Oh, actually, I do know how it's possible. And I'm going to tell you. Oh, please do. So the short of it is I met them like two and a half, three and a half weeks in, something like that. It's toward the end. Right. We may have hiked with them for a week or so. And I, I was the last one to leave and they were... I was the last one to leave of the trail family I was a part of already. And there was anywhere between five and ten of us, depending on how many people were together at the time. Now, is this the infamous Brunch Club? This is the Brunch Club. and you Would you they, like to explain that name real quick to people? Yeah, sure. I through hiked the Long Trail, the Vermont Long Trail, and it took me about a month. And along the way, I met a number of people that we all came together and helped one another, some more than others. I bummed a lot, I guess. And I talked about it in a previous episode about the water filter. And we would always get up late and we would always leave late. So we we coined the term brunch club for our specific group. And... um, And you still, even going back packing now, you're still pretty much part of the brunch club. It's just uh, you're the only member most of the time. You got to be, man. But I'll tell you this. I may have beat some certain people up... um, I don't mean like physically. Like I was going to say, <laughs> you're beating people up now. I may have got ready faster than a certain individual on a previous trip that I took. Would that be Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir? Well, I always try to beat him out of bed, and I definitely did. He was the last one to get up on that one trip that we took. <laughs> That's fantastic. But anyway, um, so we had the brunch club. I met the clean ones, and it was toward the end, and the whole brunch club had left but me. And I was about to walk out, and I was like, what is that smell? I thought to myself, I was like, that smells great, because you're stinky. Like, everything you smell is just stinky. Yeah. You haven't showered in 10 days. You haven't done laundry in five days. Your pillow's disgusting. Everything just smells. My pillow's especially disgusting, because I keep it between my knees. Oh. And you just get stank. Let's not even talk about that. I know, dude. So... Anyway, I was like, that smells like laundry or something. And so I turn around, and the clean ones, they're a couple of young girls, like, I don't know, 22, 23 I love how you call them the clean ones. The clean ones, yeah, because they didn't. I said, so what is it? I said, did one of y'all just put perfume on? Like, I, I never have heard of somebody putting on perfume while backpacking. Right. Ever. And they said, no, it was just deodorant. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I just left it at that, right? Right. To myself, I thought, these girls have also walked two, 250 miles at this point, whatever it was. They should smell terrible. Yes. I was like, how do they, like, why Why do they not smell as stinky as me? Like, I'm at the point, if I walk into town and you're 20 feet from me, you're going to smell me, right? It's bad. Yeah. You give us a hitch, you're going to roll down the window. So, And you feel awful about it, don't you? I, yeah, you apologize. You address it. So I'm not carrying deodorant this entire time, and nobody on the trek with me in the brunch club is either. And the clean ones, I learned later on because we hiked with them for a week or so and finished on the same day together. And they said, we haven't worn the same clothes two days in a row the entire time. Not the same socks, except at the very beginning. They wore, they had to wear the same socks for like three days, and that was awful because it's so muddy. You want to change socks. You right. want to wash them. Right. So... Anyway, they did not bring a shelter. 
they only brought they were sleeping in only the shelters, which I thought was kind of dangerous to be honest. Because what if yeah. you get caught out and there's not a shelter there and you need to set up? Right. So anyway, they said, ah, we're just chancing it, and their family would meet them at roads or hike into a shelter and bring them new clothes, like clean clothes and food. Like they met us at the finish line. The clean ones finished right ahead of me. <laughs> He's looking at the camera, mouth agape. I know. They they would. They are them. the smartest people in the world. I know. These two, they just graduated college. They're out doing their thing over the summer, having friend time. What, what Fortune 500 company have they found since then? Because those are two highly intelligent people. I mean, it's kind of cheating, but at the same time, I mean, come on. That's brilliant. Hike your own hike. Hike your own hike, man. So that's what they did. <laughs> and their family would also meet them at like uh, road crossing sometimes. Because right. their family lives in Massachusetts. And we were in Vermont, so geographically those that. are not too far away. No, depending on where you are, you know. So if they had to drive a couple hours once, twice a week, it wasn't that big of a deal to them. And they would meet yeah. them and give them like sandwiches and fresh produce and stuff at road crossings. I was like, man, this is I got to stick with these chicks. Like this is awesome. Yeah, hike with them the whole time. Yeah. And uh, anyway, yeah, that was super uh, interesting. They were using the deodorant. I thought yeah. it was perfume, but. I hear you don't use deodorant on the trail either. No, no. I learned that one really quick. It's it's not worth it. It's not um, worth it to you? My wife the, does. Deodorant's just not worth it when you're in the trail. You I, think it I, attracts bugs? I don't know if it attracts bugs or not, but it doesn't get rid of the stink. You still smell. <laughs> like, that deodorant does nothing for you. If you're out there for two weeks at a time or a week at a time, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much deodorant you use. It's not changing the fact that your whole body outside of your underarm smells terrible. What if it's psychological? Let me play devil's advocate because I, that is one of my favorite things to do. I love deodorant on the trail because psychologically it gives me an edge up. It makes me feel cleaner and gives me motivation to hike. But it's hard It's hard to hear you say that because I know the truth. I'm and being that's, the fact, right that's the fact that you never use deodorant on the trail and it doesn't matter to you. <laughs> I probably stink right now. I, I mean, it's like, it's like uh, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I, it's one of those things for me that... Uh, I guess for me, I just don't, I don't see it. I, I don't see the need for it. Um, I don't see what it actually accomplishes. I guess some people, you know, when, when backpacking with Jason, sir, told us why he uses it. Yeah. I mean, I get it, I guess. It's psychological for him, but I don't want to carry, I, I mean, honestly, would you rather carry a, a deodorant stick or would you rather carry an extra Snickers? Yeah, I, I like Snickers a lot. <laughs> it's not my go-to trail food. But if I had to pick deodorant, which I'm pretty sure you can't eat it. I've never tried. Oh, you can. You can eat you anything. Can? You can eat that tent right there if you wanted to. I just don't want to. But though. but it's really good for you? That's I'd the really question. I'd have the Snickers. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's just it's just up to what you want to do. I A lot of people, like, like, I understand where Jason's coming from, too. Mr. I'm sorry, backpacking with Jason, sir. Yeah, there you um, go. I understand where he's coming from because he's he's talking about the idea of always wanting to... Uh, he wants the out the outdoors to be similar to what he does every day, anyways. Sure. So it's 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 a comfort thing. It's uh, to keep keep you know doing what is a regiment that he has, and he likes to keep it that way, and that's cool. But for me, it's just like, nah. Let's let's keep it controversial. Oh, here we go. Let me ask you this. Okay. You only get to choose one. All right. And you can you every time you go backpacking, you have to choose this exact one. 
You're not allowed to change it, no matter the circumstances, no matter where you go or what the season is. Okay. Boots or trail runners? And I'll throw mids in there, too. Trail runners. Tell me why. I'm going to go with boots. Trail runners. Um, I, I even wore trail runners in two feet of snow up in Wisconsin. I don't know if you knew that or not. When I went to Wisconsin, I wore trail runners. You told me something about digging out a hole. And I used my feet to dig out the hole wearing trail runners. Soaking wet. Soaking wet trail runners, yes. Soaking wet feet. No, not soaking wet feet. What? No, I I, um, I had watched, actually, Mr. Backpacking with Jason Sir. He puts out great videos. Okay, he Jason does. Wall puts out phenomenal videos. And if you're just somebody who loves hiking and loves backpacking, his videos are great because you just see this guy's love for being outside. And he did a video... And it was in the snow, which doesn't happen often in Kentucky. Sure. And uh, he did a he did a video talking about that, and he was wearing these these socks called seal skins. And Jason's not somebody who talks about products very often. Yeah, it's you more know, backpack, more trips. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't really talk about products. And so when he actually brings up a product or a, a piece of gear, I listen to it because he doesn't mention it unless he really believes in it. Mm-hmm. And he said, I really love these socks. They're fantastic. And so I got online and um, I bought a pair of the socks. What are they called? Seal skins. Like the animal. Yeah. And they are completely waterproof and they're breathable. And I know it sounds crazy, but imagine if you will, (laughs) imagine if you will, that I'm in two feet of snow. My shoes are soaking wet and my feet are bone dry. It's like a dry suit for your feet. It really is. And they're kind of stiff the way they're made. So uh-huh. when you put them on, it's almost like a really like a, like a boot liner. If you've ever seen a boot liner for like waterproof boots or anything like that. Yeah. It's kind of like that. And you put those on and my feet were completely bone dry and they didn't even sweat. Let me mention this since Please you're do. talking about. Actually, just one last skins. week when we went out too. Did it work well? Yeah. Didn't sweat then either. I don't understand how you don't sweat. Like, I don't know. They were it's, made by a wizard. I, I think so. Some magic in there somewhere. So, I saw on an episode of Man vs. Wild, Bear Grylls find he had to swim across a mile-long channel to go from an island to a mainland. And he's trying to use everything that he can, whether he's fake or not. That we won't get controversial on that. I saw him take right. <laughs> I saw him take his knife and a dead seal, the carcass, and he cut off its head, cut off its fins, cut, skinned it, and made like a jersey out of the skin, and then stretched it over himself, and took off all of his clothes and swam naked except for his underwear and that seal skin over his body with the blubber, squeezed it on. You got you to gotta YouTube this. Squeezed it on, blood dripping down, jumped in the water with all of his stuff in like a trash bag to keep it dry, and swam across that mile-long channel. Come out the other side, his core body temperature, perfectly warm because the seal skin. Blubber. the blo- All the blubber. Blubber. So I, It's also something else, though, there, too, that you don't know about. What's it? He might not have mentioned it in that show, but I had a buddy who swam across Lake Michigan. Yeah. When he got done, he had to go to ICU. Why? Because of the the water uh-huh. 
smacking against his body, it actually, and this is, I'm just going to tell you now, if you're listening and you can't handle things that are like pretty graphic, Mm -hmm. go ahead and put your fingers in your ears and go na, 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 na for about 20 seconds. Here's what happens. One of his nipples had been rubbed so much it was hanging off. No way. Yeah. And he had had so much skin that had been rubbed so hard that it had taken, I don't know if it was a full layer or two, but it had taken, like the skin was raw. Uh-huh. So when he got done, he was wearing, and he was wearing like a, a, a wetsuit over it. Uh-huh. But it's just that that pressure hitting against you, it, it takes a toll after a while. And now a mile is nothing like all of Lake Michigan. I mean, sure. you're talking a couple hundred miles, you yeah. know, but, uh, yeah, you, that seal skin probably protected him, too, against any of the beating against his body of that water. I never would have even thought of that. Yeah. So it makes sense where the name comes from on the seal skins, yeah. like keeping you dry and keeping your feet warm and all that. Yeah, and my feet were warm, too. Yeah, I mean, it was. I never was uncomfortable, even though all I was wearing was the, uh, the trail shoes. And what was cool about it, too, is everybody else was drying their feet out around the fire, and I'm just, like, sitting there going... <laughs> how y'all doing you know I mean, it's just like there was there was no big it was no big deal for me so they're not um, plastic or they have some kind of gore-tex lining i don't or know something? what it is about because it's i mean it's cotton it feels like a cotton on the outside and a cotton on the inside or a merino wool or something mm-hmm. on the outside and the inside of them but there's something between those two layers that gives it that that shape and that firmness so but they, they work and and like i said my feet i was expecting to pull my feet out and they'd be all wrinkly and pruny mm-hmm. because of sweating and they weren't. Well, I'm, smooth like a baby's bottom. I definitely need to try some then. Yeah. And I get cold feet sometimes. Not while I'm backpacking, like actually walking, but a lot of times around the camp. At night. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you have wet shoes. Yeah. So I'm going to go on the opposite end of the spectrum. And I'm going to say that um, the perfect shoe for backpacking that you should always pick. Now, if we're being honest here. I'm a trail runner guy. Yeah, you already just ordered a new pair of them. It's coming <laughs> yeah. in like today or tomorrow or something. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm gonna stick with the trail runners. But I'm still gonna play devil's advocate here. And I'm gonna go with boots. Good call. Okay. And the reason I'm picking boots is because um one, contrary to popular belief, you can find lighter weight boots. You don't have to wear military combat boots with a steel toe backpacking ten miles a day. No, you don't. You don't. Okay, and if you want to, cool, right? Hike your own hike. H-Y-O-H. Exactly. Hi-yo. <laughs> I never know, I never thought about that You're until so just silly. now. That's so dumb. Anyways, keep going. Well, boots, you can find lightweight boots, okay? There's lightweight trail runners. There's lightweight boots. There's actually some boots that are basically a trail runner with a higher like a little bit higher than a mid. Lone Peaks, Ultra Lone Peaks have uh, they have boot versions of the Lone Peaks, and it's basically the same shape shoe, mm-hmm. except they're giving you more ankle support. And um, you know, if you're walking through, I don't know, like we call them briars here, mm-hmm. but anytime I'm wearing shorts in the summertime and I'm walking through thorns or briars or whatever, they're all over the Red River Gorge. Oh, they scratch me up real bad. Yeah. So the more protection I can get around my legs, the better. So a combination of long socks, boots, and, um, pants are going to protect my legs better. And lastly, snakes. Ooh, I don't want a snake. Think about how tall a snake is, right? They're laying on the ground and what are they going to strike first? They're going for the area Right Closest around to where, them. 
Right. And it's going to be your legs. Oh, man. So if there's a higher probability that a snake is not going to be able to actually bite my leg, the taller my boot is. So even if it's four or five inches height on the boot, that lowers the probability that I get a snake bite in that area. Look at you, man. You really thought through this. I'm telling you, dude, it's all up here. Yeah, it's a shame you don't actually do that in real life. I know. Well, in the wintertime, <laughs> in the wintertime, if I know there's going to be water crossings that are shallow because it's an area I'm familiar with, I will bring the Gore-Tex Merrill boots. Now, didn't you go to Oil Creek? Is that right? Oil Creek? Yes. And did, did you wear boots up there? You know what kind of boots I wore? What? Muck boots. Like the rubber boots? Well, they're not rubber. They're uh, the bottom is rubber on the outside, but yeah. they have inserts in there, and then they have some type of I don't know what what material it is, but it kind of feels like um, a bunch of layers of cotton together. So, something. did you hike in that? I hiked from the car to the shelters in the muck boots. Well, how, how far was that? Well, we took a wrong turn, so it's farther than, <laughs> it's farther than <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> but really. If you actually knew the way, somebody screwed with me because they turned the sign around. It said to keep going to the shelters, and I'm telling you. I've been there. Not there, was, but I mean, it's happened to me too. It, the sign, it was backward. It was like, you need to keep going this way, and that way was just power lines. But I didn't know. Yep. Like I thought maybe you're, there's the path was going to keep going and around the corner. When I was doing the Sheltoe Trace, I was it was towards the end mm-hmm. of the hike. And uh, you come out on this road, and you're supposed to turn either right or left on the road. I didn't look at the map. I figured I'd just get out and look for the blaze Yeah, and keep going. I walk out, and I look to the left, and there's a blaze about an eighth of a mile down on one of the light, one of the uh, electrical poles. Yeah. So I go that way. I walk for a mile and a half on a road, pull out the GPS to figure out what the heck happened, and realize that somebody had just put a, sign, put a blaze up there. On purpose, that, um, yeah, had to because they nailed it into the into the light into the electrical pole. So, um, <sighs> so I came back and uh, I jerked that thing off of the electrical pole first <laughs> off because I didn't want anybody else to have to go through that. Yeah, and uh, then I, I sent a message out to the Sheltoe Trace Association on Facebook and said, "Hey guys, if you come out here, don't turn left." Yeah, some some joker put a blaze out there. You think it's malicious intent? Yeah, it's probably some teenager thought it would be funny. You know, I mean, grabbed, I it probably, funny. probably grabbed it from the wrong, from the other side and put it on, you know, did something like that. So, but I ended up hiking three extra miles that day that sucks, because man. of that. And it was all on road, which is the worst. I hate road walking. Like road walking is like the worst to me. Few things that make me angrier than going the wrong direction. Even if I pass up an exit in the car and I yeah. don't have to walk. Oh my gosh. It grinds my gears. Well, um, what was I saying before? Oh, we were just talking oh, about Oh, things. yeah, the muck boots. Muck boots. I forgot. Yeah, the muck boots. So I hiked to the shelter. I believe there was malicious intent involved in moving this sign, but I cannot confirm nor deny. And we finally backtracked. I don't know. We only walked like a quarter of a mile, but it was a very steep hill that I walked down. So I had to turn around and walk back and pull a sled up it. And You act like you didn't want to pull the sled. I let Jason pull it most of the way. He did a good job. I said, Jason, you do good work, man. You say that when he's doing fires. I you say, say that when he's cooking a meal. Anytime he'll do something that I don't want to do, I'm all for it. 
So that's hilarious. I walked to the shelter. Really, it should have been about a mile, but it was about a mile and a half, mile and I don't know, one point four maybe. Yeah. But the muck boots weren't bad, and I did not bring camp shoes because the muck boots were insulated. So Ooh. they're good for deer hunting, and there's yeah. extra room in there. So like, if your foot gets stuck in the mud, you won't like yank the boot off. It kind of catches. Right. Right. And uh, that's what they're made for, I assume, is like farm work and that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So since it's got extra room, you can throw hot hands in there. And there's like a big You're a big space. fan of the hot hands, too, man. I love the hot hands. I know, I know you're a big fan of the hot hands. We've talked about that before. I don't like times. that they're not renewable. I wish that they were almost like a battery pack. And Multi-use? You can recharge them. Multi-use? Yeah, the only thing you can do is like let them get hot. And that's then it. throw them away. Yeah, and you have to carry the weight. Yes, you yeah. do. Well, do you want to wrap up with one more controversial? Yeah, give me one more, man. Give me one more. We got five minutes. All right. The last one is going to be synthetic versus cotton. Because I know Nemer's world, mm. he's talked about yeah, Nemer. blue jeans aren't the worst thing in the world. Or cotton shirts. Cotton shirts. A lot of people go to, like, that's their camp clothes. Well, Dick, he, even Dixie. Yeah, well, and I'll tell you what, I'll take Nemer's side on this, and mm-hmm. you go with the synthetic. So okay. why don't you go first? And then I'll argue for the cotton. I'll keep it short. So the synthetic. I think that everything you take should be synthetic because when it gets wet in the summer, it's going to dry faster with right. way moisture. Mm-hmm. And in the winter, it's going to dry faster and it still has some insulation value. Even mm. in the summertime at night, insulation's important. Right. So I think synthetic all the way. Except for your socks, or if you're wearing like a, a merino wool base layer, some some type mm-hmm. of wool blend. Well, wool and cotton are way different from each other too. So true. Yeah. Why do you say cotton? Well, let's let's look at the summertime. Okay. Summer in Kentucky is what? It's humid and hot. It is hot and it is humid. One of the things that is nice about cotton is that as you sweat, it stays wet, and as you're walking along in that hot air. Any wind that blows against you is going to feel cool. That's so true. It, it gives a cooling sensation as you're hiking with it. That was actually one of the things that Nemo talked about a little bit was the fact that it actually does work almost as a cooling agent when it's really hot outside. What about the jeans, though? I don't, I'm not arguing for jeans. My father-in-law hikes in jeans. I will not argue for jeans at any point. Get some chafing action? I just won't argue for them. Um, <laughs> I will say in the wintertime, too, with cotton, cotton is warmer than synthetic. Yeah, synthetic's normally thin. Yeah, cotton is warmer than synthetic, and if you're being smart with the way you're hiking in the wintertime, you won't sweat. I do take cotton as uh, my camp clothes a lot, especially a cotton t-shirt. Nothing feels better than a clean cotton t-shirt to crawl into your sleeping bag or quilt. True story. And so so I I see cotton as actually having that insulated quality in the wintertime if you're smart and you're not sweating, or if it's something you're going to sleep in. And I think in the summertime it has a cooling quality that you're just not going to get from synthetic. My disclaimer is, if you're a new hiker, I think that you should try synthetic, like, because you can put yourself in bad situations. Absolutely. So if you're experienced, I think that you can kind of play with things a little bit more, because the trail can be more forgiving to somebody who's experienced, way more forgiving than somebody who is a beginner. Because I had no, I took cotton um, on my first trip, especially socks, and they actually had holes in them, even oh. from hiking. You, you're talking about hiking. Nike Performance socks shouldn't wear holes in them in 50 miles. They do in hiking. Yep, they do. They do in hiking. Sliding around. Yep. Well, man, 
That was a lot of fun. Easy peasy. A little bit of a shorter episode this time, but but you know sometimes we got to give you all a break. You yeah. Know? So so but thank you for tuning in. This was the Backpacking Podcast. I'm John Kelly. This is Jeremiah Stringer, the man with the beard from heaven. <laughs> we'll chat with you guys later. Adios. <laughs>